0: Friday's Digest, Season 1, Episode 16. Today I would like to discuss how I use a second brain. So first, let's understand what is a second brain, and for that, let me start with asking you a question. When you learn something new, do you ever write it down? Do you take photos to document what you've just learned? Most likely, in most instances, you don't. I'm pretty sure that about... 80% of the things you learn, you never write down. You never document. Just think about it. That's 80% of the new knowledge you throw in the trash. And what do you do with the knowledge you have written down or took picture of? Do you ever return to read it? Can you even find it when you look for it years later? In most cases, you can't. Let's roughly estimate, probably 80% of what you documented is not accessible anymore when you actually need it. And if it is accessible, it takes you a while to find it. So if we do the math, if you only write down about 20% of what you learn and can only access 20% of it, it means that you only retain about 4% of the new information. 4%. Just think about it because if you don't write it down, if you don't document, and if you can't access it, you're left with just 4%. It means that 96% of the things you learn go to waste. And this is exactly what makes the difference between people who retain the information and those who waste time searching for it. Let's discuss a few examples. Think of scientists okay scientists go to a lot of lectures and attend conferences if they can remember a lecture they attended and discussed the very thing they're having difficulty with nowadays in their lab they can solve this difficulty right they can search their system and find the solution to their problem even years after And think about doctors remembering a rare treatment for a rare disease they stumbled upon years before, and now when they see the patient, they can search their memory, and we'll talk about what is exactly their memory, but they can search their memory and find the treatment and provide it to their patients. Think about surgeons who apply a method they learned in the past, and now they're able to do it to avoid complications. Think about dentists attend their department meeting and want to show the successful treatment they develop in their clinic and they only have like two minutes before the meeting ends and they need to retrieve it fast. And the list goes on and on. And this is just the professional context. What about teaching or preparing presentations? Just think about the last time you were asked to deliver a lecture or to teach and now you need to build a new presentation, a PowerPoint presentation, and you know that you had this information before, you know that you took pictures, you know that you had the text before, but you're wasting hours over hours to find it. But if you document it well over the years, it will take you about 45 minutes to prepare a lecture. So now we understand the importance of retaining new knowledge, okay? To gather the information and to document well. But locating this information is just as important. We need a system that is accessible, that is user-friendly and fun to use. This system should store information for you and present it on your screen within seconds. That's the essence of a second brain. So, Let's stop for a second and define the concept of a second brain. A second brain is the system you use to document what you've learned. It's like having a memory outside your body, a memory outside your brain. You use a computer's memory instead of your own memory. So let's call our own memory, our first brain. Okay. This is the first brain and a second brain is a system that you store information on instead of your own brain. The bottom line, my second brain is doing most of the memory, while my first brain doesn't. Let's see how I do it. I know we've all tried to store our information, store our notes, categorize our notes, putting photos into folders just to be able to find it months or years later. But after a while, we just give up. It's so boring and so time-consuming to keep that categorizing system going. This is where I want to share how I use my second brain. It's not perfect, but here's my rough estimate. I document about 80% of the new things I learn, and 100% of what I write down is accessible. I can access everything. It means that I retain 80% of my new knowledge, okay? It's 80% times 100% instead of the mere 4% I presented before, okay? If I document 80% of what I learn and have a good system that enables me to get anything that I need in a matter of seconds, that's 80%. That's 20 times more than the 4% we discussed earlier. Even, even if you manage to write down just 40%, okay? Not 80%, less than half. Less than half of what you learn, you write down, and you're able to retrieve 100% because you have a good system. That's 40% overall. That's 10 times more than the 4%. Now, I threw a lot of numbers here to the air, and these numbers are just my estimates. To make a point, you can do your own math. But the principle remains the same. Document more and make sure that it's 100% accessible. And if you just write down 40% and everything is accessible, that's still 10 times more than before. Who wouldn't want to get that improvement? Who wouldn't want to retain and know 10 times more, 10 times more? So you need to invest in your second brain. And here's my approach. It's going to be divided into three stages. The first stage will be how I document immediately. The second stage will be how I add my personal touch. And the third and last stage will be what system I use. And I use Notion, the app Notion, and we'll get to that. So let's start with how I document immediately. This is where most people fail, okay? They don't write down what they learned. The result, they forget. You can't expect your brain to remember every lecture you attended, everything. No matter how interesting it was the moment you learned it, if you don't write it down and you don't repeat it every single day, you won't remember it. I can't stress it enough. You have to find a way to document right away. This is the most important thing. This is the most important obstacle you need to overcome, whether by taking notes, whether by taking pictures with your phone or whether with a digital tool you're going to use, but quick and immediate recording of what you learn is crucial, that's the essence. Take lectures you attend as an example. When I attend lectures, I take photos of the important slides that appear on the screen. I know some may feel uncomfortable doing that, taking pictures in a lecture, but you don't have to be. You don't have to feel uncomfortable. Just think about it. How do you know when a lecture is excellent? When you see the phones held up in the audience and people are just taking photo after photo of the photo. This is seen as a compliment by the speaker. Whenever people are taking pictures of your slide, that's a huge compliment. It's like saying, your presentation is great. This is why I take photos. If you feel that it's necessary, and I do it sometimes, I ask permission to take pictures. And I can't remember even one time that I got a no as an answer. So if, if I need to, I'll ask the permission. But the bottom line, the take home message here, you need to document immediately. You need to make it a habit. When you do that, you've done most of the hard work. And this is the first stage. Second stage. I add my personal touch. Let's call it the shy's touch. I refer to shy's touch as documenting the information, taking notes during the lecture, or even taking a photo and changing it and giving it my touch using my own words. For example, after surgeries, I write down details of the surgery and I even include the names of the surgeons with me in the OR. I document what was the anatomy of this patient, the instruments that I used. I write down what could I have done faster and better and the new things that I learned. Another example, when I prepare for less common surgeries, things I don't do on a daily basis, I go to the book, I summarize the chapter, I include all the pictures, and I break the text down into bullet points in a way that will help me remember it. And this is my touch. Now, of course, if I would sit down and summarize the chapter and change all the words, that will be even better, but I don't have time to do all that editing. So just taking the pictures into my second brain system, just separating the text, dividing it into bullet points. This is my perfect balance that I found between time and effort. All it takes is just hit some enter and hit some tabs just to move the bullet points. And it's also detailed enough to make it easier for future Shy. This is what I think about all the time. When I document, I always think if Shy in two years from now reads what I just wrote, will future Shy understand what present Shy just wrote down? And let's take pictures, for example. If I capture a picture on my phone, I immediately convert it to text. On iPhones, you have that icon. It's called Live Text. Is that icon on the bottom right corner. It's like a, a square with three lines in it. And when you press it, you can actually copy paste the text within the image. So I can take a picture of a slide and move it into my second brain system, into the app that I'm using. If I don't have time, I can just take the picture and just export it into my second brain system. So I'll have that picture in the future. But later on, I'll add some tags. I'll add some keywords to that picture so I'll be able to find it whenever I need it. Take home message. So take a message of this point, the point of adding that personal touch, what I call the shy touch. Use your own words. You need to personalize your notes. Always think about how your future self will understand the notes written by your present self. Third point and the last point, the actual app that I use. I use Notion, an app called Notion. It's installed on my laptop, on my tablets, on my phone. The essence of any good system is a system that is quick, user-friendly, and has excellent search capabilities. If you can't search well in the app, it's no good. If you take handwritten notes as an example, for those of you who write down, you can't search it later, okay? Of course, you can scan it. And if you scan it, some softwares will enable you to search the text, but you need to take the extra step to scan it. So this is why I don't use handwritten notes. I go for a digital solution. And I tried so many apps over the years, about 20 years of trying applications, softwares on computers, on phones, on tablets that will enable me to develop my second brain, something to memorize for me and have the information accessible for me. I tried Roam, Obsidian, Evernote, OneNote, Google Keep, Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Apple Pages, Apple Notes, GoodNotes, and of course, Notion. Now I still use some of the applications out of the Notion, but none of these applications even come close to the capabilities and the fun using Notion. So what do I like about Notion? If I summarize it, it's user-friendly, it's extremely reliable. It doesn't have all the unnecessary add-ons, the bloated software that makes it slow. It's accessible across all my devices. If I add something on my computer, it will be accessible immediately on all of my devices. It's free and it's fun to use. Now there are downsides of using Notion. The main downside for me is it's limited capability of functioning without an ongoing internet connection. Once you're offline, you can't access the rest of your notes. Now, this is, are pretty rare situation for me not to be able to go online. So specifically doesn't bother me as much, but if you have that issue that you need to access your notes without relying on an internet connection, I would recommend going for another app. Obsidian is a great app that always keeps your information on your devices as well, but I use Notion. How do I input the information into Notion? Examples, whenever I learn something new during my fellowship, I just add it to a list I have. It's a bullet point list that I call fellowship pearls, like the most important pieces of knowledge that I learned during my fellowship. And I actually do it on my phone. I just add bullet after bullet after bullet. I don't categorize. I don't add titles, subtitles. I know that I'll be able to search afterwards just by using the words. So I don't waste time on anything. I Just added to that very, very long list. If I prepare myself for surgeries and I want to summarize a book chapter or a manuscript, I dedicate a separate Notion page for it. And then I usually do it on my laptop and I include all the pictures and all the text, like I explained before, with the bullet points, etc., etc., just to make it more enjoyable and easier to learn afterwards. How do I retrieve information from my second brain, from my Notion that acts as my second brain? Simple. I just hit control P or command P on my Mac. And that brings up anything from my database. Any word that I'll put into that search box will search my entire database, database of surgeries, manuscripts, newsletters, everything I wrote down inside Notion. The best part, it's completely free. Notion is a free software. How do you install it? So you can go to my newsletter version to get that direct link. The link to my newsletter is uh, in the description of this podcast below. After you download the app, you can choose the plan that you want to use. You can just go with a free plan. It, it is more than enough. If you're a Affiliated with any academic institution and you have an academic email, you can use the Plus plan for free. It's a plan that usually requires you to pay a monthly fee, but if you are affiliated with academics, you can get the Plus plan for free. This is what I use. Take home message You need to choose an app that is both easy and enjoyable to use. I highly, highly recommend Notion because it's so effective and it's so simple to use. And this is how I use my second brain system. I hope that helped. With that, we'll end today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.